Now, as I began to study this particular chapter, it is uh, interwoven in the ministry of Paul, and uh, Paul is in a very uh, cynical atmosphere. He's tried to do the work of the ministry, and he's tried to let everybody know that uh, he's called of God and that he has Timothy beside him and that that the hand of the Lord is upon him and that there was some there was some voices going around that apparently accused Paul of saying one thing and doing another he's trying to clear all that out clear it all up and he wanted them to understand that sometimes you got to suffer so that you can Help others that are suffering. And sometimes you're blessed so that you can bless others. And it's a, just a common theme throughout that whole chapter. And uh, I, I was going to teach a little bit on that, but the Lord changed my tune. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about being sealed by the anointing. Some things that I want this church to understand, and you'll have to hang with me a little bit. I'm going to hit several scriptures, and so if you all will stay with me back there. I know I didn't give them all to you, but I trust you tonight, and I know you're going to help me. But I want to, I want to begin this service tonight by telling this church I want to welcome you to the era of the fulfillment of God's promises in your life. There is a time to receive a promise. There is a time to see the manifestation of the promise. Abraham received a promise of greatness and fruitfulness. If you look with me in Genesis chapter 12, and again, I'm going to try to hit a few chapters here, a few scriptures, and if you'll just hang with me, we'll get through this together. Good news is, pastor will be back on Sunday. Amen. Genesis chapter 12, the Bible tells us that... that God made Abraham some promises. Verse 2, And I will make of thee a great nation. I'll bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I'll bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And then we find out in chapter 17 that there is a the fruition of what God promises. The Bible said in, when uh, Abram was 90, wait a minute, how old? 90 years old and nine. Now you would have thought by now he would have been past obtaining the promise and blessing of God. 
But the Bible said, The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. Can I just tell somebody tonight that when God gets ready to release his blessing and his promise in your life and 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 Paul tells us our memory verses who hath also sealed us and give us given us the earnest of the spirit in our hearts when God gets ready to bless you and God gets ready to open up the womb of promise in your life it doesn't matter what kind of circumstances exist in your life doesn't matter what things look like. Doesn't matter how young or how old you are. Doesn't matter how difficult it seems as though there's no way out. When God gets ready to release the anointing or that that is sealed by the anointing in your life, all of hell cannot stop what God's about to do. The time he received the promise was different from the time he saw the fulfillment of the promise. When the time for fulfillment came, God gave him a word. Watch this now. I I, I won't go there, but in Genesis 18 and 10, the word was that I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now watch this. That word simply meant the time for fulfillment of my promise has come. When the time of fulfillment came, nothing, nothing could stop it. Not even Sarah's laughing at the word of God that the, word, that the word that God sent her could stop the promise. Are you hearing me right now? I, I want you to realize, I, I prophesy into your life tonight that the time for the fulfillment of God's promise has come for you and nothing nor no one will be able to stop. You want to know why? Because we're sealed with an anointing. Now, I don't know what promise from God you've been holding on to. Whether it's His promise to keep you in good health or His promise of deliverance, protection from evil, or I don't know, His promise of restoration, His promise... To establish and promote you? I really don't know. Whatever the promise is, I want to assure you, I sense it in the Holy Ghost, that the time of the fulfillment of your promise has come. Everybody say, this is my season. This is your season when God will put laughter in your mouth. God 
but laughter in Sarah's mouth when the promise was fulfilled. God will put laughter in your mouth in this season. You're going to be able to laugh at the enemy that's mocked you, made fun of you, and tried to tell you it's never going to happen. It's never going to come to pass. You're going to be able to laugh at the enemy and say, Look there, devil. If God said it, it's going to happen. Don't matter what you've tried to do or how you've tried to do I'm sealed with an anointing from heaven. God, I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. You need the anointing to see the manifestation of the promise. Everybody say, I got it. The Word says you got it. Paul said, who hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. There's something that ushers in the fulfillment of the promises of God. There's something that makes, watch me now, that makes it impossible for you not to be blessed. (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. There's something that keeps God's promises from falling to the ground. It is the anointing. It is one thing for God to give a promise. It's yet another for you to see the manifestation of the promise. The anointing of God does not allow the promise of God to fail. The anointing of God is a guarantee or an assurance that the promise will be fulfilled. Put put 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and 21 back up there. We're going to read it again. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is next. Who hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Now, I'm not going to do this, but if I take this little cork out of here, oil's going to flow everywhere. But as long as the cork's in there, the anointing can't flow. Watch me here. God said, I've sealed up the anointing in you because the anointing is going to allow my promise to be manifested and come to fruition in you when you have the Holy Ghost. If you got the Holy Ghost, wave your little hand. When you have the Holy Ghost, He comes into your life 
with the anointing of the power of God. When you have the indwelling of His Spirit and His anointing, you have something valid to hold on to. When you have the anointing, you have confirmation. Everybody said that means it's going to happen. You have confirmation that God will do what he said he will do. I wish somebody just clap your hands about that. Everybody said today. Today, God will pour his anointing on us and it will usher in the manifestation of many of God's great and precious promises. There are special anointings that go with certain promises of God. There are some specific kinds of anointing you need in your life before you can see the fulfillment of certain promises of God. I'm gonna, we're going to look at a few of them tonight. Just four, so just relax. There is an anointing that we must have to see the promises of God. Watch me. The anointing to do good. Paul said we're all partakers through Christ Jesus. Uh, Who is that? Is that Tyler back there? Give me Galatians 3 and 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit Through faith. You you remember what I just read you about Abraham? You remember that? Now wait. just, Just stay with me here. God gave Abraham that promise. One of those promises is that you shall be a blessing. I want to tell this church. You need the anointing of God to be a channel of blessing. Hear me when I tell you, we cannot be blessed and be self-serving. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. It tells us that Jesus was specially anointed to do good. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now, let me just, this isn't in my notes, but let me, it just came to mind so uh, apparently the Lord wanted you to hear it. The Bible said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, ye are... The sons of God. And if sons, then heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, what's that mean? 
That means that everything that belonged to Jesus belongs to you. Put it back up there, Brother Tyler. Let, let, let me read it again. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now, I want, we're going to do a little exercise here. I'm, you're you're going to read this with me, please. And this is what I want you to do. Where it says Jesus of Nazareth, I want you to put your name in there. All right? And then when we get down there to the bottom, if you're a him, then you say him. If you're a her, then you say her. You ready? Here we go. How God anointed Danny St. Clair with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. You see, when the anointing to do good comes upon your life, certain things are going to happen in your life. You'll, you'll be a problem solver and not a maker or source of trouble. Jesus went about solving the problems of those that were sick and oppressed. Not adding to their problems. Not creating problems for them. Are you hearing me right now? I'm talking about anointing sealed with anointing. Your name. When you have the anointing to do good. Your name will never be found among the list of Christians who bribe, cheat, steal, commit adultery, fornication, tell lies. Your name won't be mentioned of such things because you go around doing good, not evil. In your family, you'll be known for good, not evil. At your place of work, in your church, you'll be known for good and not evil. When the anointing to do good comes upon you, and you've got it, the things that limit you from doing good will be removed by the power of God. Get ready, here it comes. Lack of money. Or poverty can be a hindrance to doing good to helping people. Instead of lending to people, you're the one borrowing from people. I knew it would get quiet. Spiritual tiredness and lukewarmness can be a hindrance to doing good to interceding for people. Sleep did not allow the disciples to pray for Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not being able to receive from God, not being able to be filled with the Word of God can be a hindrance to doing good. 
Listen, Isaiah 50 and 4. Watch this. The Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. What's, what's that mean, Bishop? God gives you, when he gives you the anointing to do good, and he has given it to you, God gives you and instruct when you get full of his word. Now you can't get full of his word if you don't ever open the word of God. You can't get full of his word if you're distracted every time the preacher preaches. Sunday's coming. You, you, you can't get full of his word if your life is occupied with all sorts of other things. But when you get... Now, boy, I just feel like saying something. Right? I don't know why, but... I, I, you know, sometimes we veterans of the church, we tend to forget the need... For that word in our lives. Well I've heard that before. I've heard that preached. I've read that before. I've seen that. I know all about that. Wait a minute. David said thy word. Have I. Hid. In my heart. That I might not. Sin. Against thee. Now here's where we are. When you get to the place that the word is not important to you, first of all, it's the bread of life. If the word is not important enough to you to put it in there, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get weak, you're going to get sick, and you're going to die. You're not going to help me, but it's okay. I'll, I'll do what the Holy Ghost said to do here tonight. The Bible teaches us that when we get that anointing to do good and we get full of the word of God, that watch, watch what happens. Put that back up there for me, Brother Tyler. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. You want to know why it's important for you to be anointed to do good? It's not for you. I said it's not for you. The Lord's trying to put something in you that's going to help somebody that you're going to cross paths with tomorrow, next week, next month. He's trying to put something inside of you so that when it's needed, you can speak a word in season to him that is weary. Oh, well. You might know enough, but I'm not talking about how much you know. <laughs> Amen. You must always, always have a word of encouragement in season and out of season for those that are weary. 
Paul in in the whole theme of of uh, of our memory, uh, our Focus Fifty Two chapter. The whole theme of it all was he was trying to make the church understand everything that I've done in my ministry, everything going and coming from here. When I came through here before I went to Macedonia, it wasn't about me. It was about you. Everything about ministry was about everybody else, not him. He said, I didn't take those beatings for me. I didn't get thrown into the sea for me. I, I Come on, somebody. I didn't suffer for me. I suffered for you. I suffered so that I could come to you and tell you, whatever you're going through, I got a God that's able to get you through. He's never let me. I went through some tough stuff. I made it through some bad stuff. But let me tell you, the devil thought he was going to take me out. But guess what? I'm still here. I, somebody, the devil thought he was going to take you out. But you're still here tonight. You're still sitting in the house of the Lord tonight because you've been sealed with an anointing and hell can't stop you. Uh, Your flesh. Everybody say my flesh. Your flesh can be a big hindrance to doing good. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Now let me stop right here to tell you something. Those people that you know, even in the church, that aren't doing like they're supposed to be doing, don't be so critical of them. They just allowed themselves to get off in the flesh. Come on. Now, I, I don't mean to purport here that you can't lose the Holy Ghost and you can't lose your relationship with God. Please don't go away saying that. But I'm telling you that there are those that are tonight, they're, they're not where they need to be. But that's not time for us to turn our back on them. We need to realize where they are. They're just simply minding the things of the flesh right now. And what we need to do is keep that anointing of doing good until we see them restored back to doing the things of the Spirit. We can't turn our back on those that aren't doing right tonight. We need to turn our hearts toward them and say whatever I need to do. Get you restored back to the things of the Spirit. Your flesh will remind you of something bad the person did to you two months ago, last year, or even ten years ago. If you're not filled with the Spirit of God... You'll give in to what your flesh is telling you. The flesh will make you repay evil with evil, not good. But you've been anointed to do good. The flesh can make, even make you repay good with evil. I don't know if I'm going to get through this or not. I want to ask you something. 
Are you ready for a good era in your life? Just, I, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Just lift your hands to the Lord. It's going to be simple. I want you to just repeat after me. God, pour on me the anointing to do good. Let your anointing that breaks yokes and limitations remove every limitation to my doing good. In Jesus' name. You've been sealed with an anointing to do good. Just start doing it. Second. Remember, I told you I don't have four. Anointing for the first time experience or anointing for new things. Isaiah 43 and 19. This is one of my faves right here. Isaiah 43 and 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Everybody say it now. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God wants somebody to know what looks impossible, what feels impossible, what seems impossible. I'm sending an anointing and going to seal you with an anointing that will make the impossible possible in your life. For you to see the manifestation of this promise, you need a special type of anointing. You need the anointing for the first time experience. I don't know, preacher. I don't know that there's anything in my life that has happened to me in living for God that could ever, that I haven't already experienced. Oh, wait a minute. You see, when God says, I'll do a new thing, it means I'll do what you've never experienced before. It means for the very first time in your life, a particular thing is going to happen. Watch. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6. I'm sorry if I'm taking too long. Just hang with me. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. That, 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 was, that was God talking to Saul. He said, Saul, you're about to do something in your life that you've never done before. And not only are you going to do that, but watch what happens. He said, and you're going to be turned into another man. I'm about to, I'm about, I'm about to send an anointing in your life 
that's going to completely transform you from who you are right now to where I need you to be for me to be able to use for me to be able to use you to do what I'm calling you to do. In Acts chapter 2, uh, we don't need to go there, but Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, the disciples were filled with the Spirit of God. For what? For the very first time in their lives, they spoke in tongues. Check your life tonight. Let me say it again. Check your life tonight. Is there something... You've never experienced. Is there something you've always wanted to do but have never done? For some people, they've never earned a certain amount. It's like a bar has been placed on how much income they earn or profit they can make. Now, now I'm not, I'm not going off into prosperity doctrine here. Just hang with me. The anointing to earn the kind of money to make the kind of profit you never made before can come upon you tonight. There's about three amens. Ooh, I don't know about that. Maybe you never gained admission to a university Despite all your efforts for the first time in your life, maybe God's about to open up that door. <laughs> maybe you're a single lady here who received several marriage proposals, but none has resulted in marriage. Maybe that anointing's getting ready to fall on you. God's about to open the door. So that's weird, Bishop. Why would you mention that? I don't know. I'm just doing what the Lord said to do. You ready? We're going to pray again. Lift your hands to God and say this. The anointing that ushers in new things. The anointing that makes what has never happened before. To happen for the very first time. Father, fill my life with that anointing. Some of you felt that in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you see... There's something you need to know as a 21st century apostolic, and that is this. We are in a totally different dispensation than that of Saul. The Spirit of God came upon Saul with power, and he prophesied, but after that first time experience, it never happened again. And Saul's joy of prophesying was short-lived. In that era, the Spirit of God would come upon people for specific things and then leave them. But we are in a dispensation of the Holy Ghost. 
in our time, the Spirit of God. What did Paul say? We've been sealed. The Spirit of God lives permanently in us. So that wonderful first time experience that God brings your way will not just happen once. It's going to happen again and again and again. And I wish somebody get with me right here. It's going to get better and it's going to get better and it's going to get better. Let me tell you what that anointing is going to do. It's going to feel, it's going to make your joy permanent. And it's going to, your life is going to overflow. And it's not going to be short-lived. Now, you can accept it or receive it. Receive it or reject it. It's up to you. Number three. I just got two more. The next anointing is the untouchable anointing. Deuteronomy 11.25 There shall no man be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon as he has said unto you. God said, when I seal you with the anointing, no one will be able to stand against you. Isaiah 54 and 17. Here it is. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. I want you to notice He didn't say the weapon wouldn't be formed. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Oh, and I like this part. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. No weapon fashioned against us shall prosper. With this anointing, this untouchable anointing, there is protection that comes from God. You've been sealed. What is it that renders those weapons useless? What makes them fail? It's the anointing of God. The untouchable anointing of God. Bishop, I don't know about that. I, I told you, you can reject it or receive it. Whatever you want to do. But you better know something tonight that God sent me here on this Wednesday night to tell somebody that he's about to seal you with an anointing 
that'll make you untouchable. Say, well, I don't know. The devil's been chasing me all day. I didn't say he wouldn't chase you. I said you're going to be untouchable. You hear me right now. It is the will of God for there to be apostolic anointing, outpouring, and revival in your life on an individual basis and a collective basis. I don't care what the enemy's trying to do. You've been sealed with an anointing that makes you untouchable. Hell cannot prevail in your life. So we we got, not only do we have seal of the Spirit in our favor, but we got the Word in our favor. Psalm 105 and 15. Saying, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. Now I've told you all night you're anointed. You know what happens when hell tries to come against you? What's the Bible say? When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. When the enemy tries to come in, the Lord steps in by his Spirit that he's anointed you with and says, Wait just a minute. Touch not my anointed. That's my anoint. I put my spirit in them. I've sealed it with an anointing. Keep your hand off of them. Uh, keep your hand off their kids. Keep your hand off their family. Keep your hand off my church. I've been sealed with an anointing. And uh, there's nothing that can... Pro- I'm untouchable. I said I'm untouchable. Do you hear me, devil? Not only can you not get through the blood, the Spirit of the Lord has sealed the anointing that makes me untouchable. Come on, praise Him right now. Praise Him right now. No evil hand, no witch. No wizard, no demon, no principality, no power or force of darkness can harm you or touch you. You are a carrier of God's untouchable anointing. Sickness, accident, armed robbers... Poverty, failure, barrenness will not be able to touch you when you're carrying God's untouchable anointing. So, well, you're you're walking in pretty dangerous territory there, preacher. You're kind of making folks think that nothing bad's going to happen to them. I didn't say that, but I did tell you. That the anointing that you've been sealed with won't allow whatever that is that happens to you to destroy you or distract you or to cause you to be lost. (laughs) I got to finish. 
What is that untouchable anointing? I'm glad you asked. It is the anointing of fire. John said, there's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to reach down and unlatch. And when he comes, he's going to baptize you or seal you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Can't touch this. I said, can't touch this. Do you hear me, devil? I know you live in hell, but you ain't never felt fire like this fire. I said, I've been sealed with an anointing. I've been sealed with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And devil, I want you to hear me. You cannot touch me. Watch. Hebrews. Hebrews 1 and 7. Real quick. I'm going to hurry. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits... And his ministers a flame of fire. You want to know what you are when you have the anointing that I'm talking to you about? You're just, you're just a little fire walking around. Just a little flame. Every, everywhere you go. And everywhere, when the anointing is operating in your life, hell, when you walk by, when your feet hit the floor in the morning, hell says, oh no, not them again. Amen. When, when, when you walk by, that fire is burning inside of you. The enemy said, I don't want to touch that. Ready? Put your hands up. Pray this prayer with me. Oh Lord, anoint me with the fire of the Holy Ghost. You need this anointing as the arrows fly by day. You need this anointing when you sleep to shield you from the terror and the wicked activities of the night. While some people sleep, evil, evil powers tamper with their destiny. While some people sleep, there are forces of darkness that plant evil seeds in their dreams which later result in sickness or accident or calamity or tragedy of some kind. So you pray with all your heart, God, anoint me with fire that makes me untouchable. And here's the last one. The double portion 
anointing. It's an anointing that brings the fulfillment of so many wonderful promises that can turn our lives around. God has promised us that we will do greater works and will do great exploits. John chapter 14 and verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. We need a double portion anointing for that. Elisha was able to do great exploits because he received a double portion anointing. The double portion anointing made Elisha operate on a realm he'd never operated on before. It opened him up to the supernatural working power of God. It took his ministry to a higher level. You, 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 you need a double portion anointing to move you to a higher level. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. I'm about done. They'll keep those tacos hot. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. God says, everything heretofore that the enemy has ruined or destroyed in your life, I'm about to restore. I'm about to restore. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in that right there. I'm about to send... A double portion anointing on you. That it won't just be for you, but it will be for generations after you. I'm going to bless you and bless them too. I'm going to restore that that seems as though can never be restored. That that you thought was gone. I'm about to do a work in you. I'm about to seal you with an anointing that will bring restoration to things that you thought could never come back. Will somebody lift your hands right now and say, I claim that in Jesus' name. Watch. Zechariah. Zechariah 9 and 12. Trying to hurry. Zechariah 9 and 12. Zechariah, turn you... To the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double 
God said, I'm going to give you double for your trouble. Oh, wait. Some of y'all need to get a hold of that real good right now. God said, I'm going to give you double for your troubles. I'm about to bless you like you've never been blessed. I'm going to seal it with my anointing and what the devil meant for evil. I'm going to turn it around for good. It's a double portion anointing that ushers in blessings that give us double for all our trouble, all our pain, all our hardship, all our shame, all our ridicule. We have endured. Look, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40 and 1. You're doing good. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God, too. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. You know what he said? You win. That her iniquity is pardoned for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sin. You know what God said? I know she hadn't been right. I know she hadn't done everything right. I know she's made mistakes. But let me tell you, you tell her, I'm going to bless her double for her sin. I'm going to bless her because her warfare is accomplished. Her battle is done. And I'm about to give her a double portion anointing. Sin can weigh you down with guilt and condemnation. Psalm 38 and 4. For mine iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They're too heavy for me. Anybody ever felt like that? But watch what happens. Sin can slow down your progress in life. It can make you crawl instead of run. But God, in his love, promises us to comfort us by giving us double blessings for all the troubles we've endured because of sin. He promises. Everybody say he promises. He promises to restore twice as much for all the ground we've lost as a result of sin or satanic attack. It's a double portion anointing. In order not to take God's grace and love for granted, we got to pray this prayer. Ready? Put your hands up. Oh, Lord, give me strength, double strength, double anointing to overcome temptation. And I close with this tonight. Troubles don't last forever. 
put an end to all those days and years of trouble by saying this prayer. You ready? Hands up. The double portion anointing that removes shame and reproach. Father, release it on me today. The double portion anointing that restores what the enemy has stolen. Pour it on me today. The double portion anointing that can make me a great servant of God. That can take my life and ministry to a higher level. Fill me and seal me with that anointing tonight. Stand with me. Come on, stand with me and praise Him. Hallelujah. Come on, you've been sealed with anointing. You've been sealed with anointing. You've been anointed tonight. You've been anointed to do good. You've been anointed to do good. You've been anointed for first time experiences and anointed for new things. You've been anointed with an untouchable anointing. You've been anointed with a double portion anointing. And now that you've been anointed, you have an assurance that something new, something great is coming your way. Just tell the Lord, I receive and accept my anointing sealed by your spirit. <laughs> God bless you. I got nothing else to say except prayer meeting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Shake hands and be friendly.